Hello and welcome, fellow humans on the journey. My name is Grady Milligan, and you're listening to the To and From podcast, a record of process and transformation through creative and intentional living. Through this podcast, I want to hold safe space for thoughts, questions, tears, and laughter, and to create one more little stage for a collective story. So thank you for listening. I hope that we can grow together in the tension and beauty of who we are and who we're becoming. Thanks again for tuning in, everybody, to this, a special bonus episode. As you may have heard previously on the podcast, I sometimes share extra content exclusively with folks supporting new work via patreon.com. So today's conversation is kind of a little taste of that for everyone. And who knows, maybe some of you kind folks listening will consider throwing a buck towards the podcast and my new music each month, uh, recording songs and podcasts as well as hosting on the website. It all costs money and it means so much to me that folks would want to help with that. Now, on to this talk with one of my longtime friends, Vincent Charlo. Vincent and I have been really, really good buddies for, gosh, like 10 years maybe? Something like that. That's crazy, uh, but it is the very good kind of crazy for sure. I love the way that this dude shares his life with people. In his songs, his stories, his amazing laugh, one of my like favorite laughs in the whole world, Vincent makes any space shared with him a gift. Originally, the two of us met to talk about the mental battles facing songwriters and how to wrestle with insecurity, and you'll get to hear that very soon, but I was almost immediately sidetracked by Vincent's interesting thoughts, and we just kind of went with it. So, I hope you enjoy this extra chat about transformation, change, and mystery. Thank you, as always, to the patrons helping make this stuff possible. And if you haven't already, consider going to patreon.com slash Grady Milligan. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash Grady Milligan. Now, let's jump into some good stuff with the one and only Vincent Charlo. things that come to your brain <laughs> i try to be my best nine yeah i won't merge i promise i'm gonna do my best <laughs> do my don't best merge. Don't, don't merge don't merge. merge i mean unless you want me to merge uh, please uh, just, just let me know just let me know but i won't if you don't want me to <laughs> <laughs> oh let's do it okay here we go i'm gonna just ask you the thing oh that's funny oh <laughs> vincent this is gonna be such a strange and good interesting time I already feel it. Yes. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, before we uh, drag people way too deep into our Vincent and Gradiness. And my type uh, Bness. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. And my type A ish inclinations. Yeah, inclinations. <laughs> Oh, gosh. I like how you forced me to make that joke again into the podcast, Mike. (laughs) That's one of the best things I've heard in 2019. I promise you. You're so... Oh, man. Uh, 
uh, <laughs> and when you put your foot in your mouth and you're talking to your friend about personality and you say type anus. <laughs> Uh, they're not even ready. I haven't even, we haven't even started. Actually. No, we haven't. And, so <laughs> this is going to be so everything, uh, dude. Um, oh man. Like, oh my God. Uh, th- this is what it will be like every time you and I ever talk about anything I on a podcast. So. Yeah, me too. I really uh, hope so. So if you don't know my really good friend, Vincent, uh, Vincent kind of give people like a little, I know we're going to dig into deep stuff and we need yeah, to get yeah, into yeah. it, but like, Give people a little bit of who Vincent is. Like, where are you from? And, like, what do you love and care about doing? Kind of how'd you end up as the person living here, doing creative work? Mm Because we are going to talk a lot about our creative work. So kind of catch people up to who Vincent is and how creative work's kind of been a part of that. Okay. Uh, Well, hello, people. (laughs) All listeners of the Two (laughs) From podcast. (laughs) I am Vincent Charlo. I am from Nassau, the Bahamas. I have lived in Knoxville, Tennessee for 10 years now. That's crazy. I know. It it feels a decade, man. (laughs) I've seen three presidents in office since I've moved here, (laughs) and it's insane. That's crazy. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, And who am I? I? I'm a lot of things, but mostly I am just someone trying to be a fully realized human being. Mm. And I find Amen. some of my um, best moments of, of learning of what that is through art. Mm-hmm. I am a writer. I am an artist, a song artist. I record music. I'm a worship leader. Mm. Um, I even do the occasional blog every five years or so. <laughs> <Sweet>. <laughs> uh, and I, I just love, I love telling stories. And I love... Mm. I love finding stories that, mm-hmm. that allow me to realize how connected we are to everything. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of a snippet of who I am. Mm-hmm. I love all things creative. Um, yeah. I love learning about people, and I love helping people to yeah. accept the beauty that there is in the flesh that they've been given. Mm. Isn't that such a, like, I love a the ugly church that. word? Uh, no. <laughs> We've been used, so afraid to use the word flesh. Yeah, right. Yeah. But well, but I'm glad we're getting kind of away from that. Yeah, which is a good for thing sure. Yeah. And, well, and it's, I, you know, I think I heard somebody just recently talk about that. It was a book or a podcast, but they were, and they like had tons of empathy for like why the word would be chosen and stuff. And there are times it's been helpful for people, but like they were talking about how they wish the translators had used any word but flesh Mm -hmm. to like mean that thing right because to be incarnate right like to be enfleshed is like one of the greatest gifts of being human yeah and like uh, like yeah i don't know like the the idea that like the of the dirt part and the of the spirit part are at war when it's like those things together make the beauty of what is human, you know? Yes. Um, so already diving real deep. <laughs> Just a few steps below the angels yeah. is, is what we're called. Well, and here's the thing, too, is like if a third of what uh, Christians would understand as the Trinity became enfleshed, mm. and if, I mean, if you get real weird and enjoy like all the weirdness of scripture instead of the maybe dangerous ways it can be used and stuff. But if you enjoy some of the good weirdness of it, 
there seems to be parts in like even in the Old Testament where some enfleshed version of God like shows up, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know, pick your one, like fourth man in the fire. The I love the super weird Trinity one of like the three people who visit Abraham. Yeah. And like have a whole thing. It's like, wait, is that like the Trinity? Yeah, like what is what is that even really about? <laughs> but, but but then that breaks all your like super put them in a box rules of like only one of the Trinity could ever have like a flesh part. You know, mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. so we're already getting into really weird deep stuff. But but I love how you say that though of like people feeling weird. it is spirituality is weird. It's and weird. actual healthy spiritual health is full of the weirdness of it. Exactly. You know, and well and, and you even just brought it up in the context of telling stories and wanting people to feel good within their story. And part of our story is, or I don't know, maybe so much, if not all of our story is wrapped up in what it is to be, to be flesh, to be spirit, mm-hmm. to be thought, to be relationship, you know, to be mm-hmm. like part of the ways we're defined is yeah. what we're connected to or like whatever the word is when you could define something by its negative, like, we are also defined by who we're not, like who are all these yeah. people around us that are somehow part of who we are and part of who we're not. Um, it's the good stuff. So I love the way you said uh, this is people aren't really ready for how we are <laughs> conversational. <laughs> a- no, but I love it. I love the way because yeah. I felt something like warm in myself because you really do embody that thing that you said of oh, wanting thank people you. Thank you. to hear your songs and stories and things, but as like an avenue for them to maybe have a chance to be a part of their own story in a better and healthier way. Yeah. And I think that's freaking awesome. It's one of uh, one of the most comforting things for me in the way my faith has changed and the mm-hmm. way I understand my faith has changed is that I'm not in a rush to leave Earth. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. You know, uh, and I can understand in, you know, times past why we would be in a rush to leave Earth. You oh, know? sure. Yeah. Um, and why. You can have empathy and compassion exactly. for why people would think that. Yeah. Exactly. But we have like this one shot that we know it, know mm. of, mm. of this particular life that we're living. Yeah. Like this in-fleshed experience that we get. Yeah. And if you if you have the opportunity and you have the resources, live it and help others to see that in themselves. Like evangelism used to bother me a whole lot because yeah, say more about that. Yeah, um, it, I used to feel like I was welcoming someone into into a forest, but didn't tell them where the trail was. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so yeah. this faith that we have, this indwelling of the spirit, this this breath of Christ, this mm-hmm. being now not separated from God. It's a wild ride. Mm-hmm. I'm like chewing the mic. No, it's, you're it's good. A, it you're is fine. a wild ride. And it's going to take you to so many places mm-hmm. that you don't expect and honestly that you don't even want to go at times. Oh, yeah. Especially as you grow and mature and see more of the world and your interaction with the world goes from like naivete. Mm-hmm to full-blown reality of how messy it is, you're going to be challenged. Mm -hmm. And the Trinity, the Godhead, makes room for that challenge. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when I was evangelizing people, I was like, yeah, take this tract, um, come to Jesus, everything will be all right. But that's not necessarily true. Yeah, it's (laughs) it's like an escape from the challenge where... 
the actual real life, the actual, and even if someone um, was of all kinds of different faiths or Mm -hmm. perspectives on the divine or perspectives on there not being a divine or any of those things, I think anyone being honest, like intellectually or just experientially, Mm -hmm. would say that real life is an invitation into the beauty, the richness, and what might matter in the challenge Mm -hmm. and in the wrestling with it all. And I think that's so different than versions of, and there's plenty of versions of this story, I think. Oh, because sure. Because, yeah. like, some of us grew up in a particular chunk of it within one particular faith. Like, we can think that that's the only group that does that. But really, like, exactly. there's there's versions of faith, non-faith, business. There's versions of this idea everywhere that people are just selling the get out of the thing, step away from the whatever, make it easy, make it simple. But, mm-hmm. like, the actual invitation into the richness that is real life I think a lot of us are coming to understand and tentatively enjoy that like real life yeah. is actually full of the messiness and the wrestling and, and the, to not be ashamed of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, in the in the cult in a lot of church cultures you're taught to be ashamed mm-hmm. or not even directly taught, but sometimes passively. Oh sure. You might see your parents struggle at home and then they go to church and they have to act like everything's okay. Yeah. Um, or you know the things that are going on in the community but yet or standing in the midst of of churchiness and yeah. activity and ceremony and mm-hmm. like, you know, this this just ain't real. <laughs> you know this, this ain't real, man. <laughs> I, I mean think about it. Like the apostles held down nine to five. So I'm talking about mm-hmm. the big 12. Mm-hmm. Paul was a tent maker when mm-hmm. he moved to a new city. You know how... <laughs> I just thought about that. You know how, like, how some people would probably look down on Paul? It, the equivalent of that, so that today would be Paul coming into your city to preach the gospel, and you see him working on Subway. Yeah, like, absolutely. So he works, work on Subway on Monday. It's like, yeah. wasn't that dude, like... Mm-hmm. Healing people, I'm not here for that, <laughs> bro. Make <laughs> yeah. my sandwich. We'll talk, we'll talk about Jesus later. <laughs> I mean, and this, it's a part of the real life, and I think that's what I appreciate so much more about the biblical stories now. Now that I'm not looking at at it as like a magic book yeah. with all the answers, or yeah. or even just a giant thesis to prove thesis to prove myself right. Right, right. I'm not. I don't see that that way anymore. I see. Excuse me. I see a bunch of humans all trying to understand the grandness of this God that they have encountered, yeah. um, and also and also are trying to grasp. Hmm. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and, and interesting enough that he almost like the idea that like God continually proves that God is not interested in being grasped. In the sense of like understanding or putting yeah. in a complete box, but that God is infinitely interested in being in relation and mm-hmm. walking with a person mm-hmm. and walking with peoples and walking with yeah, the earth the itself, shivers. you know, but that's Ooh. such a different thing. It's, yeah, it's, a, yeah, yeah. it's an utterly different thing for the Bible or the God that's being discussed, storied, recollected, um, acted upon, acted really f- falsely against all those things in yes. the Bible 
is extremely interested not in being understood quickly or being put in anyone's boxes um, or certainly being used to continue systemic problems, but instead is the God inviting people into what it is to be really human, Mm -hmm. like really, really human, like... This is so funny because this is not even the topic we're here to talk about at all. It's Uh, not. (laughs) This is so funny. We we Uh, predicted this happening. Yeah, we no, we tried. We will get there. This will this will be as this will probably end up being the most focused conversation we ever had, which is pretty funny. Um, But there's something that like uh, people have missed, and people who call themselves Christians, and I don't mean that in like the judgy way. Yeah, yeah, millennials like talk about their. Christian parents like, oh, they call themselves Christians. No, I mean, like, folks that, like, genuinely are trying to live and mm-hmm. would call themselves mm-hmm. Christians um, have missed so often is that if God or a third of God or however we're trying to understand the vast mystery of God at any point became and loved and said, this is good as a human, then ditching the human enterprise and ditching the humanness could never be the thing we were supposed to take out of that. Yeah. You know, Uh, but it has so often been the thing. It's been the, your humanness is gross and you need to fight it as long as you can until God takes away your humanness. And it's like, God came to restore our humanness along with our earth's earthness and just like make things whole and good and right. And like, amazing like they are naturally made to be which is beyond my mind as i think more and more about it to fully grasp mm-hmm. god becoming human mm-hmm. at first you think oh, of course yes of course <laughs> but as you as you grow to understand yourself as human and you understand the human experience and jesus becoming in like an adult and learning purpose and finding things to put his hand to mm-hmm. dealing with, with the runs. <laughs> like, yeah, right. No, straight up. About, about being human. The, the, the magnitude of the God man, I think can be so easily lost by, by just turning it into about leaving the earth and right. Killing the flesh, not in like the same way, but just killing the flesh. Anything that has to do with the flesh is bad. Yeah. Don't, don't talk about your sexuality. That's mm-hmm. of the devil. Yeah. Um, don't try to push your creative ideas. That's of the flesh. Don't try to like not have the earth explode in a heat death because you don't take <laughs> care of it. <laughs> 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 well, you know what? We're... We're not going to be here anyway, he said, in the twinkling of an eye. Yeah. <laughs> we will all be changed. <laughs> uh, no. But there, there's, a, there's a beauty to knowing that, because yeah. that, ultimately, what you're saying is that what God created is not good. When, right, when, when you say that. When yeah. you're demonizing your body. Yeah. So imagine thinking your body is not good being the baseline of how you understand yourself. Well, then what about when Jesus was a body? When he cried. Yeah. Or what does that say for you when you're trying to deal with trauma? Or yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. When you're, when you're depressed or mm-hmm. when you're going through any amount of or feeling the weight of any burden that comes, 
with being human and you're just told you're not good naturally so yeah and the cognitive dissonance that that creates when you're sitting in a room with people you love dearly and eating amazing food someone created and drinking good wine or beer or soda or water or whatever and all of a sudden something feels very thin you know Mm -hmm. to use like language that people have used a long time like that thin places language like to have to try to convince yourself that somehow that stuff isn't good and the most eternal kind of thing um, (sighs) when all of a sudden when in reality like Maybe that's in a way less heady way, in a in a way deeply true way, getting right at the heart of how Scripture regularly points to like the thing we're being pulled towards is a supper and a big feast and like a a dinner, you know, like that. That's something that feels the most eternal mm-hmm. when you are at a table and things are for a moment as they should be, and somehow. The as they should be includes, you know, loving each other in our imperfection and loving mm-hmm. them each other in our mess and all of that stuff. Um, it creates a big cognitive dissonance when all of a sudden things you've been brought up in, like, make you feel like that's all bad. And at some point you're going to choose, like, well, that doesn't seem right, and I'm just going to choose something else because if that's not allowed to be what this is about... Mm-hmm. then I'm out, you know? Yeah. That cognitive dissonance is something that actually deeply affected my growth as a person throughout my, like, late teens to, okay, yeah. to 20s uh, because I always was dis- dissociating from the moment. Hmm. Interesting, okay. So there was the Vincent that was there with you who sincerely loved you, but there was always the weight of the agenda to... To save you. Yeah, so I'm, I got only, you. I'm only being kind to lead you to Jesus. I'm only eating with you to lead you. I'm only listening to your problems to lead you to Jesus. When we talked about merging earlier, when just being present and there is, is so powerful just to mm. begin with, not with any agenda, not j- just to be there to share in this moment, to. Yeah. To bring to life yeah. the breath of God that, that is yeah. in you already. Like, yeah. The shine. irony of that thing, and to, to sound, to it sounds very churchy to say this, which mm-hmm. is funny, uh, but like the irony of so many folks thinking, and once again, it's not just like one group of Christians that do this. I think it's a lot of different types of mindsets in the world that can get into this way, but like the that idea you were just describing of like sitting with you so that I'll get a chance to tell you about Jesus mm-hmm. eating with you. So I'll get a chance to tell you about Jesus laughing and sharing your hardest moments God. with you. To, so I can tell you about Jesus when in reality, wow. now this is what sounds churchy, like any of those things, especially if you'll just lean into them and enjoy them mm-hmm. is the like only way you'll actually ever share Jesus with somebody. Oh my Cause God. Like that's all Jesus did. The way Jesus shared himself which would, in theory, be how you would learn to model how to share him, is he ate with people. He sat in their biggest brokenness. He celebrated their wins. He cried for their losses. He asked the divine to forgive them when they did him his greatest harm. Mm-hmm. Like, that is that is how Jesus showed Jesus. Bruh. So, like, that's, like, 
to do to do any of those things to quote unquote get to a point wow. where you will do some other verb we've invented called sharing Jesus when he's like you gave he said it himself was like you gave food to someone who was hungry you sat with me when I was hurting you visited me when I was in prison like that's how he clearly said you do any of that Bro, I'm about to do a lap around this whole <laughs> church <laughs> what you do I want to answer but I'm like holding on I I'm about to do a run because that is so powerful, sharing Jesus in the way that Jesus shared himself. Yeah. Now, of course, that means calling out a few vipers and mm -hmm. whitewashed tombs here and there. <laughs> Brood of freaking vipers. I'm not talking about Dodge either. I see you, Timmy. Robbing the church people should be ashamed of yourself. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh Vincent, no, this is funny. Uh, no, dude. Um, but that's wow. interesting. The the idea you just shared though of like the 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 feeling of not being present. Um, I don't think either of us are saying because I, I I know me and I know you. Yeah. Neither of us are actually saying things that we would hope would be construed as like anti love or anti like Jesus or anti the actual beautiful richness that a healthy view of what Christianity is actually is like a matter of fact, I, to me, it's almost been like a, a renewing of hope in that whole thing. Exactly. You know, like exactly. it's, it's actually the opposite. It's actually like, Oof. it's a desire to really do and really lean into the thing, which I feel like I created in my head a version of it that wasn't it. Yeah. Deconstruction you know? is really hard because you love God. Yeah. Like that that's that's the that's why it's so hard. Deconstruction can be really hard if God's asking you to do it. Yeah. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and the other yeah. thing too is like the hard work because once again trying to like maybe this is me trying to nine the whole thing or something, mm -hmm. uh to use your Enneagram number, but like Here's the thing is, because uh, I'm, not, I'm not just trying to merge or make everyone happy, but I'm really trying to think about this. We want to use language, and everything's – a lot of our problems are just dualism, and everybody's yeah, one yeah, thing yeah, against yeah. another thing because um, it's just easier to pick a side no matter what your side is. Like, like people only want to talk – about deconstruction or reconstruction as in those as if those are the only two lenses of like tear down the thing or build up the thing. Mm -hmm. But I think the reality is that life is a constant intermeshing of both of those happening at the same I time. I agree wholeheartedly. Like, yeah. like, like I think, and once again, I think it's important. I, I think it's actually very good. The capital D like deconstruction. That's like a, a, a word that has connotations to it that is helping a lot of people right now mm -hmm. um, or scaring a lot of people right now, depending um, okay. And let's be honest, anything can be used for ill. It's probably hurting some people right now, too, if mm -hmm. we want to, once again, be honest about the full experience of it. Like, that's a thing. But the honest truth is whether that was, like, a thing being talked about in the current spiritual journey zeitgeist of the world right now, the reality of trying to understand what it is to be human and to understand the spiritual world and to understand ourselves emotionally and physically in all those ways, um, it's never not been an endless deconstructing and reconstructing of thoughts every day and feelings every day. And honestly, that's beautiful. That's resurrection stuff. The apostles, like, the disciples went through deconstruction and oh, reconstruction. all the time. Yeah. I mean, imagine all the time. being told that your two millennia of theology, <laughs> Jesus was like, nah, bro. 
<laughs> that's, that's, it's not it's not really yeah what I meant. We like, can miss the sub- deep, deep, deep subversiveness when he says, "You've heard this, but I'm telling you this," and we're just like, "Oh, isn't that sweet of him?" And like you're like, "Dude, that is that's subversion on a level that gets you crucified." Yes, yes. <laughs> you're telling people who've been told that two thousand years at at that point of how they understand their tradition is wrong. So who is this poor barefooted hippie (laughs) to tell me a learned Pharisee (laughs) or Sadducee (laughs) that my 40, 50, 60 years of education and study is wrong? And the hard thing, too, is once again to lean into the compassion for both sides. And here's the cool thing about Jesus is he leaned into the compassion, too, because he called out that stuff. But like... One of the most rich conversations he gets with anyone in all of Scripture is with one of the Pharisees, Pharisees in yeah. John 3, right? The Nicodemus thing. The he, shortest one, he, too. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right? He, he really loves Nicodemus. So and once again, in our dualistic thinking, like we don't want to just paint like the Pharisees and people like that were wrong or like the worst either. Like, you know, Jesus called him out on some stuff. But man, once again, looking at the whole thing as a picture, later on you hear the thing of like, wouldn't a parent who loved that parent's kid discipline the kid? So like you would almost say like well-intentioned, even if super off the rocker sometimes, like there is a level to which I think Jesus was doing twofold things where there are times when his anger towards the Pharisees and things they said or represented was full-blown anger at systems and powers powers. of oppression that hurt because, but here's the thing is that if God himself told us or the people trying to follow God told us, whichever way you think of it, that God wants us to really, really, really love people that our battle isn't with the flesh. Our battle is with the systems that destroy and oppress the flesh internal and external. Mm -hmm. Well, then we have to believe that Jesus was probably always doing both too. That like Jesus would sometimes probably challenge the Pharisees because they were the stand-in for the whole system System, itself. And yet when that actual flesh and blood Pharisee in this really personal, deep kind of shame-filled moment, you can maybe assume because he comes to Jesus in the night and he's worried about it, you know, like when he actually meets Jesus as a flesh and blood person, Pharisee or not, Jesus does what he does with everyone and meets him mm-hmm. and changes him and leans into talking with them. Cause like, that's the thing, you know? So, so even our like picture of like Pharisee, bad, this guy, good fisherman, good, that person, no, bad. It's, it's all like, very it's like, complex. it's all good and it's all rich. And the whole, yes. the thing that's being pushed back against is all the dualism and is all the, you know, things that have been used to oppress people. Um, but man, you can, just because, once again, pick your side and it's easier, we can forget to have some empathy like for those people and for the Pharisees. Because, yeah, people were corrupt, but people, I mean, the poor farmer could have been corrupt too. And there's mm-hmm. probably were some. Like, pe- that yeah. could be on all levels yeah. of whatever, just like now. Some of those folks weren't just trying to profit off an evil system. No, some of those folks were, were trying their believing. best to yeah. understand stuff, and that and that is a thing that should travel up to this moment. Because ironically, you said two thousand years. Like, well, now we're like two thousand years since Jesus yeah. was doing Jesus things, and here we are and, in the same position. And we have to wrestle with the same things. There exactly. are things where the deeply well-intentioned people holding up faith traditions are probably going to be shown to be like 
right or as right as a person can be. And it's amazing that they've held on to things that should still be spoken and shared with the world. Mm -hmm. And there are things where people that have been doing things a certain way for a long time need to lean into what we ourselves would claim is the still present Jesus saying, you've heard it said this, but I tell you this and walk in the weird tension of both. Like there are things Jesus will be saying like, yeah, your grandma had that right. Don't hate her because she's your grandma and she went to an old church. Yeah. And there are things that your brand new friend that when you first met them, you were real nervous about their ideas and stuff. They're saying things that that same God, however you perceive that God would say, listen to this for this is good teaching. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Um, Oh man, this is funny. So I, what's really funny is I feel like we're going to end up cutting the <laughs> intro of part this, of this yeah, episode yeah. as a whole good episode because this is not at all what we were going to talk about. But I think this matters a ton. No, I, I really yeah. do, Brady. Um, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a por- important to where we are now because okay. we are in the midst of a huge culture war. Yeah, for like sure. A huge culture war. We are on the precipice of a new generation of the church yeah, and what church looks like, at least in the West. Yeah. Um, so the conversations that we're having and, and the way that we're trying to understand where at least those of our, those of us who can see, see the, the beauty and the, mm-hmm. and the whole picture who seek to see the whole picture yeah. um, in a way where, how are we going to merge Mm-hmm. Where do we go from here? What uh, things change? What things stay the same? And and, and, um, and that's really hard out. that it has yeah. to be both. It'd be way easier if it was just one or the other. Because that's why people land on one. That's why people land on it is easy. stay exactly the same or change literally everything. Especially Honestly, if you're a bunch of nines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but both of those are easy. And that that's some of the hard part, too, in some of the conversations you hear, especially the ones that aren't over a table and with some actual connection or just mm-hmm. over, like, the Internet, which is the worst way to do any of that. Like, um, people on either extreme of pendulums, those – no matter what, even if it's the pendulum swing as far away from the old pendulum as you used to be, yeah, um, yeah. extremes are still easier to pick. Extremes are what dualism thrives on. Like the painful, messy middle ground, which is the only ever hope for like difference and diversity, but unified and growing together, yeah. you know, rather than yeah. just two sides of anything fighting to utterly consume the other one where everything will just be one big idea and no one will disagree ever like yeah. surety is a surety is a pillar of power hmm. oh yeah how how do you convince the people to be confident in what you're saying look sure <laughs> like, yeah how how do you get people that's why extremes can be held on to because oh, yeah. there is no black or white yeah like there, it's it's yeah all that's all i need to know great Let's stick to it. Yeah. Let's fight for it. Certainty is a drug. It is. Yeah. It is. And it and it, it fuels, like you said, oh, yeah. dualism, which is funny because it also will fuel cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Hmm. I have one thing I've learned here recently is that you're going to grow in your life. Now it's your choice whether that's going to be active or passive. Because <laughs> yeah. I mean you could go about your life being a good Christian guy, good Christian female, um, good Christian, any however you want to be, yeah. um, and 
you you might encounter things. You might have questions running through your mind. You're just like, nah, I'm just gonna put that in the chest. Yeah. Stuff it down real good in the chest. And <laughs> that goes in the repression yeah. repression box. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden, you just find yourself an empty shell, mm. doing the same thing you've been doing for years, but you've changed. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm trying to be active in my own change. Yeah. That's why I ask the questions. That's why I do the hard work of seeing the middle. And that's yeah. that's why I strive so hard to understand being human yeah. and to accept the gift that life is. Yeah. Well I, I think I think we have to accept that restoration is impossible without transformation. Yeah. And so we can be the people most resistant to transformation and unwillingly maybe being most resistant to the restoration we deeply long for, Mm. or we can be the people who do the work with transformation and we learn to walk with transformation. Um, and, and, and in so doing walk with the work of restoration, you know? Um, and it, and it's hard too, cause like, I, I think once again, given the, you're only this side or this side, nature of a lot of these conversations right now, someone could assume that you're only talking about one thing or you're only talking about throw it all away, burn it all down, keep it all the same, whatever. But like they're really just like with everything else, it will be, I think health will be a strange mix of all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, as a person who has a deep tendency, and I don't know if this is just every human, cause I can only speak to my internal world, but like as a person who is just deeply prone to big pendulum shifts and whatever I thought last time, well, it burned me and scorned me and the certainty that was fuel became a poison. I will run as hard as I can naturally to the other thing. I think we are being challenged to, well, to once again, sounding very churchy, but like to find a new way to maybe follow the way, um, in a way that's very less, easy black and white answer as it once sounded to us, but there, I think there is something to finding a new way to be human. Um, because doing the old way to be human on the opposite side of the argument mm-hmm. is still the same way. Like you'll feel like mm-hmm. it's good enough cause it's a win. Cause you yeah, just went to yeah. the opposite side of the like battle, but you're still wanting to work within a system, whether you acknowledge it or not, that just wants two sides to hit each other in a battle when like the new way to be human would be learning what in the world, what in the mysterious, messy world it is to walk utterly differently, like somewhere in the middle of all that, which is way harder, but I don't know, like for even just the person trying to follow Jesus as one way to understand the universe, like it looks a lot like how Jesus tried to do it. Because we forget too, like he, some of the people that were cheering him on one second, he would, when they thought they understood it, he'd, they, he'd make them upset and be yeah. like, oh, you guys still don't get it. Um, and I, mm. even with Jesus, like not everybody was healed. People who were raised died again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they were, Jesus left the places where he did some of his greatest work. Mm-hmm. Like there was still life to live, even as we look through look through the epistles, I think one of the things that we miss the most is that these are people living their their normal lives 
working their whatever the equivalent of a nine to five was mm-hmm. there, struggling or thriving, and just making sense of their humanity with mm-hmm. through the worldview of Jesus. Yeah, oppressing now, and being oppressed. Exactly. Yeah. Now. Things got pretty heated. The block got kind of hot. They had, to, <laughs> they had some emperors who did burn people in, yeah. in coliseums. That it, it got bad. Later, you had some Christians who burned people in town squares. So, I guess that's a pretty sad full circle. Man, you know, isn't that the story of life, though? <laughs> oh right, yeah. God, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. we have this amazing heritage uh, through. Over five thousand years, yeah, which is crazy. Of people yeah. trying to understand and find their place in the larger story and yeah. experience of life, yeah. and you have the constant force of the Lord, just trying to be like, "Hey, there's a better way. Hey, there's a better way." Oh, I know you think you know me. That's this. You know, I'm infinite. This is a lot more here. There's a lot more here. It's. And then he says weird things like, I've got sheep you don't know about. Yeah. I was like, are you talking about other planets, God? You got aliens, Jesus? You got aliens, Jesus? Is that what we're doing now? Okay. I mean, that's some literal interpretations for you. Again, using the scripture to my own advantage. How fundamentalist of you. And that's why we see all the UFOs coming down. They're observing the kind of our shepherds. That's funny. You we could call be, them cosmic pastors. You could be a fundamentalist against or for aliens. You really could. Yeah. I have seen scripture yeah. used to justify alien yeah. abductions. <laughs> yes. And revelation used as like an apocryphal book for the impending invasion of the Nephilim. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, look at look at all of us trying to find our place in the story and make sense of the mysteries of the universe. I mean, like the cosmos are the truest ocean, and we have no grasp for its depths. And all oceans are scary. Yeah. <laughs> so think about this, Grady. Say if you go for. Uh, a cosmic flight, a cosmic, a casual flight in the space. You get carried away just staring at the moon, and all of a sudden, you realize you've been there for three days, and you have no idea where the Earth is <laughs> because you were standing in the same place while the Earth continued revolving around the sun. So unless you're like some grand mathematician, you gotta stay in that same place for a year because there's no way of telling where the Earth went on the axis of the solar system. <laughs> So now you're just Ugh. stuck. Like space horrifies the fudge out of me, man. Oh, dude, I don't know. It's it's all it the same. Is being, being left by a boat and being left in space, it's all the same scary. I don't like it. I'm not for it. Here's the thing, like when people talk about like sci-fi things and they're like, would you go up to space? I'm like, I'm not gonna go on a cruise. <laughs> oh, Grady. <laughs> it's the same. I, I would <laughs> I would be better on a boat in the middle of the ocean than floating in space. With an unlimited oxygen supply and some type of food tube of my essential nutrients. Like, there's no, I'm so scared of what could happen out there. I'm like, there is literally no telling. And it's just like empty sounds. Oh, oh my God. Oh, that's all scary, man. That's why I'm like, please, we gotta take care of this planet. I can't be out there. Yeah, even, that's funny. Even take away all the deep, like, 
like human and theoretical and theological implications of taking care of the planet. It's like space is too scary. I don't yeah, want to go. Space is too scary, bro. I <laughs> I don't know what's on I'll Mars. I'll do this out of fear. I'll do this utterly yeah, out please, of fear. Please. Don't make me go to space. Please recycle your plastic bags. <laughs> <laughs> Get a used Tesla. Psych, this was all a PSA. Rest. This was all a PSA. From the great Vincent Center, too scared to go to space. Yeah, I can't, I can't do it. I'm not trying to go to and from Earth. <laughs> Just, <laughs> that's, not, that's not what I'm into. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you got the to and from. I, thing. I fly, yeah. That's, <laughs> I love the way you care about these things. I really, I do. really do. It's why it's so hard to struggle with them. Um, and it's so hard as a nine as well because you can feel so, at least in the way that I experience all the nineness, which I didn't know I was experiencing nineness until like last year, mm-hmm. um, of how I want the world to be at peace. Yeah. And I see the ways we can embrace, in, embrace different perspectives without causing war. Mm. So yeah, the deep, holy act of peacemaking. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard, too, because, like, I think the journey of the nine is learning to not be the peacekeeper they wanted you to be, but to be the peacemaker God might want you to be. Oh. Because um, those are very different things. Yeah. Um, peacekeeping. Wow. Well, peacekeeping feeds the system, and peacemaking breaks the system. That's the stuff. Yeah. Like, like well, that, I mean, that's the whole thing. Technically, look at just the story of the crucifixion. Pontius, the peacekeeper, kills Jesus, and Jesus, the peacemaker, gets killed. So those are two different things, you know. Um, I have not heard that put that way before, and now I have an intellectual erection. (laughs) (laughs) I want to dive into that. I want to understand. That is the end of this bonus episode of the To and From podcast. Thank you for listening. An extra thank you to the patrons making all of this possible. And I hope that anyone who heard this extra chat with Vincent is feeling encouraged to live intentionally and to be a part of their own transformation, to be active in our own change, because we're changing and transforming anyways. We might as well jump into it and be a part of the story in an intentional way. Thank you. We'll see you soon. The next episode will be the conversation that Vincent and I had actually planned to have about music and creativity together. So we'll see you then. Thank you for listening.